Salutations, friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the Recap Book Chat. My name is Kate, and this is my mom, Sheila. And we are just so excited that you're with us today. And I wanted to share a quote from Teddy Roosevelt. I am part of everything that I have read. What have you been reading? We'll share with you what we've been reading and what's at the top of our book stack. Welcome to the Recap Book Chat. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We have just finished a very good book called The Secret Keeper by Kate Morton. And I thought you'd like her name, huh? Thank you for this book. Oh my goodness. Well, I am just, it was kind of by luck, actually. So I think it was after we had read Maisie and I was wanting something similar um, I was looking up like her next one, which we have, which we will get to eventually. But so I, I think I was looking up her second one and then this, you know how they recommend. And I think this one popped up in the recommends and I'm reading the blurb about it. And I'm like, well, that sounds intriguing. It's so it's kind of historical fiction mystery is what I would classify it as. Yes, it, it was written in 2012. So you can pick it up on thrift book. Very economical, you know, economically. But this might be a movie. I don't know. Oh, this would make a great movie. You can't figure it out hardly. It's really well written. We will talk about the ending at the very end. I will give you a spoiler alert before then in case you are wanting to read it so that we won't ruin it for you. Because it is fun to not know. So, uh, But like you, like Mom said, we, we really have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it's mind-blowing. So, it's it's mind-blowing. But before that, we will set, let's set the scene. So where does this kind of take place? Give us... Give us what's well, going on. The, the book mostly goes from 2011 to, 2000, uh, to 1941, but the beginning of the book starts in 1961 in England, and it's like a little farmhouse scene, and there's a disgruntled um, teenager who, her name is Laurel. Now, her sister's names are Rose, Iris, Daphne. And her father called them Garden of Daughters. And I said, Daphne, is that a flower? And I looked it up and it is a shrub that flowers and has a real woody scent and everything. So I thought that was totally different than the book we read where his daughters, the last one was Amen. And he didn't like all the daughters he had. This guy embraced his daughters and they had one, she had one little brother who was, uh, they're celebrating his birthday. He's a year old and his name's Jerry. She doesn't want the family stuff. You know, she's just a A broody teenager. Yeah. And so she goes up in the tree house and she's watching them and they're fixing to cut the cake and this stranger appears and she sees all this. But no one else does except the baby. The baby's on mom's hip. Mom has this special knife that they always cut the birthday cake with. So she goes back to get it. The guy appears. Yeah. The guy appears. She she sets the baby down. He starts crying. But anyway, she stabs the guy. With the cake knife. Yeah. (laughs) Laurel's like, what? Yeah. And that kind of reframed my thinking because on the cake knife, I always thought, because she said there were ribbon, a ribbon tied on it and all that. I was not thinking it was sharp enough to kill anyone. Yeah. But. um, Well, this is the 60s, so. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah, I heard once that if you go to different countries, they don't have steak knives and paring knives and all that. They have one knife and they do everything with that one knife. Mm. So apparently that might have been the case in, in England. Anyway, so Laurel spends the next, you know, how many years? Into really traumatized by that, yeah. But kind of puts it back on the back burner and goes on and becomes a like a movie star. But well, now, and, and what they said, is, oh, what they said at the time was that he was a kind of just a, a random stalker, and mm-hmm. that's that's what they told the police. Like this random, I guess he's just like there was a picnic stalker at the time going around bothering people. They thought, oh, this is him, um, and she felt threatened and killed him. So, but that that's all and then it just kind of gets dismissed from the public for, view. for 50 years mm-hmm. yeah and then now she has to solve this riddle because uh her mom's dying and that's what what brought her back because she usually is in the big city she came back to um and her mom's name's dorothy so um and they had a wonderful childhood like their mom had a wonderful imagination and uh i remember great storyteller like, yeah, the crocodile story, and she tells uh, Lauren that she used to be a crocodile and all this kind of stuff. And then Laurel asked about it, and she said, well, ask me when you're older. And, I mean, she just had, um, they played dress up and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it was all happy, except I think the sisters fought quite a bit. But um, uh, it was amazing childhood. And then what happened? Well, and I want to add too, interestingly enough, so the baby who's like one years old or two, I can't remember, little, but as he, he grows up and at one point in his, uh, when he's older, he asked Laurel, did something violent happen oh, in, that's right. in my childhood? And she lied and said no, but like, in, but then that was back in the 60s or well, like later on, I guess, between the 60s and present time. And then in present time, um she does go to her brother and says okay well something did happen so then they kind of get to work together to try to solve what really happened and dig up some stuff well which kind of fits with that one uh it was a non-fiction book that you you sent me and it was uh like an audible about how your memories are and how you have you you can have memories even passed down from other gen, you know from your grandma or something yes which is fascinating it and so really he, is he has had nightmares about this but i did have a quote for when this all happened on that day when her brother was turning uh two i think uh it says certainties of a lifetime turned to smoke and blew away. Because, yeah. She, she thought her life was dull and humdrum. And then your mom kills someone. And along with that, I have a quote that says, perhaps all children were held captive in some part by their parents past. Oh, powerful. Uh, yeah. She had this attitude and uh i don't know what who said this one but it said youth is an arrogant place and i thought that's true Mm. it is an arrogant place i just like the way she worded that oh kate morton she did a fabulous job of writing this and weaving the past and present like she weaves there's all these little stories kind of in different time periods and the way she weaves it together was just seamless i thought it was beautiful well done she's a fabulous author if you, you can like, tell 
I know you like charcuterie boards. Well, that's kind of what this was because her mom would give you a little clue, a little charcuterie, maybe a little piece of ham, a little piece of cheese or something. <laughs> but like one time she said, people who led dull and blameless lives did not uh, law did not give thanks for second chances because one time her mom said she's thankful for a second chance and she said why why, why is she thankful for that what it you know just a little tidbit of information a little bit and you're like what what and you have to read forever to find out what is going on you know and the pieces you get yeah you it's like a puzzle you get a piece here you get a piece there but you really don't get the full picture until the very end so i thought it like I, I mean I was just like I think one chapter away from the ending I thought I had it all wrapped up I'm like okay this is just tying up loose ends no it was like right at the very end totally different direction but so I digress in, in, back in 1941 it takes you to the scene where the is this the blitz scene of London yes so what the a London what blitz. a terrible time to be you know it's just I, I mean if we can't even imagine that, you know, uh, and that's mm -hmm. been in other books too, how um, th these people had so much grit. I mean, and then these women are working in ammunition factories and they're still trying to do things for the men that are fighting. And I, I just love the um, way that people do come together. They come together and that's. Um, and you know what I found interesting too, along those same lines is that, you know, we because we've read other books about when when the London kids were sent away. You know, and we've read other things around this time. I felt like this book did a good job of of describing kind of people that stayed. Like they had to, they kept their lives continued on, and yeah. so it's. I think it's really interesting picture of these people are basically living a regular life, but then it's like they have this blitz to deal with every night it's it's very interesting it's like they kept going for years you know yeah so and like this is the kids that couldn't leave they were in the hospitals and stuff like mm -hmm. that i think we do assume that all kids evacuated but they didn't yeah no. and so this was an eye-opening book and one point she said words were clumsy things they uh there were none she could think of to describe the bottomless black hole that had been opened within her, the ache that fed upon her insides. And I was like, wow. And mm. um, that was written by another character. So her mom was Dorothy and then Vivian was this rich lady who lived across the street. And um, I guess they had, and Dorothy was the, the person that took care of this rich lady who isn't that funny how she only cared about getting sweets and they had to get them like on the black market and all that mattered was this big lady getting her caramels or something I'm just yeah. like really can we not think about something besides ourselves yes and so so uh dorothy worked for lady gwendolyn right oh that's her name so lady, lady gwendolyn. gwendolyn and across the street was Vivian Jenkins, who was married to a famous author at the time, Henry Jenkins. And so um, Dorothy just has these, she's always dreamed of being like rich, high class London scene is what she wants to be a part of. And she's not, 
and I think her family was like probably middle class. They were well off. But, but at, one she, at one part, she thought she didn't belong in her family because they were too dull and everything. And I even asked you, I said, well, did she belong? What, what? <laughs> you said, yeah, she's just, she was a teenager and uh, just thinking, oh, there's no way I belong with these boring people, you know. But so she left her family, her family was killed. Her family was killed after she, she left kind of in a, in a bad way. Um, just to go uh -huh. do her own thing and then her family was killed and but anyway so then she really doesn't have anybody um and so she really latches on to lady Gwendolyn and well, um, she does have a boyfriend his name is Jimmy and he reminds right. me of Jimmy Stewart kind of the kind yes. of Jimmy Stewart kind of gangly guy but he's not good enough for her friends to see him so she keeps him kind of under her hat when she meets him she makes him dress up she wants him to dress up and uh, look the part or whatever and he he's dealing with so much because his mother just left them and his dad has dementia yes and he's, and he's a, a photographer. photographer yeah i yes. thought you'd like that part and so he really is um and he's and she i, I didn't like that dolly didn't really understand his pictures because he's capturing really hard things about the the blitz like families that lost everything and all like he's capturing these grief stricken moments and stuff like that which is actually super important because they i mean we would have had no data we would have had no you, you know he, he really archived what happened and on a very raw and emotional level and really up until that point you know they i mean they could write about it but so i think photographers during the war i mean they did a they did a lot for historical uh, preservation of, of things. And then so, a picture, I know if you say the depression in this country, everybody sees that iconic picture of the migrant yes. mother. It just yes. pops into your head. It does. When you say blitz in England, I think of that milkman delivering milk. And you said, mom, that was a stage picture. And I'm like, <laughs> what? It was a stage picture. But I think of that. Well, yeah. I would say semi-staged. I mean, because the the destruction was real. It was from a blitz. And there was m actual milkman still delivering. But I think that was just to help people say, hey, let's continue on. You know, continue on. It was. Well, that was Winston Churchill's phrase, carry on. Yes. Yeah. Keep calm and carry on. And, and boy, and did they. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Lo the London people have grit. I tell you what. Like, that was. Yeah, they carried on through horrible, horrible situations. And I like that Kate Morton did her homework and because she was always interested in the, the that time period and the Blitz of London and stuff. And she stayed there, I think, for some months and really went on some tours. And because uh, there's still parts of London that where you can still see what the Blitz uh, was, you know, what had happened and stuff. I think there's even a tube system that had been sealed up that she got to go in. Um, and wow. it's basically frozen in time and World War One, you know, it's from the Blitz had oh, been goodness. destroyed and stuff. So, but she, so she really kind of got that experience. And I think that comes through in her writing. So uh, it kind of comes through that Dorothy, AKA Dolly, uh, she wants to be important, more important than she was. And when you, you go back and forth, you know, and, um, you know, she'll, like she'll find out something that her mom will say. Her mom's in the hospital. She'll say something, then she'll go back and look it up. And at one point, she she finds out um, about Vivian, and then she tries to connect 
what happened because it said, you know, something went, she did something to Vivian and she didn't know what it was. But I remember the part about the locket. Somebody found Vivian's locket, the rich ladies. And so Dolly wants to be the one to take it back. And she thought she would get rewarded, but whoa. Vivian acts like she doesn't know her. And the um, husband has her thrown out. I mean, she's yeah. like, yeah. So that just crushed Dolly. It crushed her. And, and it sparks revenge and she wants to get back. And so unfortunately um, she uses Jimmy to do this. And that is uh, very, uh, it made me so sad because <laughs> you could tell all along that Jimmy's heart is not in it at all. But Dolly thinks that um, Vivian is having an affair with the doctor at the hospital because she goes to the hospital all the time, which goes to show that people kind of think, what they would do at a certain situation. So, you know, when people say an unkind thing, well, that that's their heart talking. Mm. You know, how we take that as an offensive comment to us, you should take that as a, that's a, that's really a cry for help. Mm -hmm. Because your mind is uh, thinking, as Carolyn Lee said, we, we need to have that mindset, that proper mindset that, you know. And we, you really like Jimmy better than you do Dolly. Dolly oh, is very narcissistic. She's very she plays these silly games. She really and, well, and Jimmy does that. Tell us about the doctor and because narcissism was was new. Yes. And there there is a doctor from Dolly's childhood that was a neighbor. Um that he's he's kind of been studying her all along because of the, her narcissistic tendencies and stuff. So but she doesn't know that. She just thinks he's a friend and she basically is telling him everything and stuff. And he's just kind of documenting uh, her narcissistic behavior and stuff. And and so Jimmy's kind of, he, like you said, he would never have done like any blackmailing thing or anything. But he's so in love with Dolly. And he had said, I'll do anything for you. And... But later on in the book, I like this quote. Um, it says, because uh, it's talking about another man. And he was saying he would never let his lover bend his will. And Dorothy liked that. There was a danger, she thought, in the sort of loving that made people act against type. So mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. you know, that's true. And like, I, I feel like love, uh, real love is not going to, you're not going to act against your values, you know. Yeah, um, the other would be manipulation or lust or different things that would not be true love. True, very true. But this, and at one point, Dr. Rufus does call Vivian because he thinks that it might be so unhealthy her, her um, desire to be Vivian. You know, she wants mm -hmm. to be like her and have, she envisions them as best friends. Yes. Even and they're more, they're, they're just acquaintances, barely. Yeah. But and she so, so wants to be Vivian. And another thing she did that was delusional, she thought when Lady Gwendolyn passed away that she would inherit everything. Mm -hmm. And she didn't. So she has that coming down. And I don't know, Dr. Rufus does call Vivian to say, you might beware of this, you know. And in the meantime, you're, you're right. She wanted revenge and she enlisted Jimmy to help her. I guess at first, what was she supposed to, what was he supposed to do? Get a picture of her and the doctor together? No, he was supposed, that was, that's what Jimmy thought that she was going to want. 
but then uh he said that and she said no it's much simpler she just wants she said i'll take the picture and you so she wanted a stage picture basically of jimmy with with her and it made me think of my son's mma teacher he says this all the time play stupid games win stupid prizes and it made i'm like that's dolly she this is a stupid game but she plays these little games and in the end people die and get hurt and you win stupid prizes like it never turns out the way she wanted it to but the sweet thing i liked was when when jimmy goes he um sees vivian with the kids and um we you know you hear that vivian is uh, she's she's very standoffish to jimmy she told him you know she doesn't want anything to do with him but he won't take no and he gets to helping her with the production of peter pan <laughs> and they and they both work really well with the kids and he just likes the way she listens to the kids and he tries to solve a problem, the Tinkerbell problem about a light. And he uses his photographer light. And she ends up going to his house. And it, like I said, his dad has dementia. And she just talks to his dad. And that made me so happy because nobody had talked to his dad. She just sits down. You know, a woman, uh, I've, I've, you've seen movies when there's uh, like seven brides for seven brothers and the house is a shambles. And then when a woman comes in, it's just different. So she's mm-hmm. making the tea and she's doing, and I can imagine her being a ray of sunshine to their, their house. And that was a sweet, sweet time. And Jimmy's conflicted because then he, he's falling in love with Vivian and, but he's still in love with Dolly. And so, and he's a, a man of scruples. So he's like, caught between a rock and a hard place on like what to do and anyway you just feel you feel really bad for jimmy and you feel bad for vivian and but you but there's something odd about vivian because even from the when jimmy first ran into her which wasn't dealing with anything with dolly it was just a, a happenstance and he was showing her uh, uh photographs and stuff she mentioned that she knew of the girl in his picture that was an orphan. But then she's like, don't ever tell anybody. And then she's like, just very secretive, very closed off. Um, and you're just like, why? Like, this is, she's just real, very cold with people and very, like, uh, distant, very distant and doesn't want it, very extremely private. And so you're just like, well, that just seems a little odd. Why would she be so like tell him to never tell anybody about the hospital with the orphan kids and her connection so a good word for vivian was guarded very guarded guarded. yeah but not with the children and then you find out okay so uh, jimmy keeps going and helping with the production and then there'll be a week when like vivian doesn't show up and the nurse told him this is normal she has spells and then you enter this um in part of the search to find out about the past, uh, Laurel comes across, uh, and I forgot, I didn't write her name down. Uh, the teacher, there was a teacher. Katie. Oh, was that? Oh, how did I forget that? Well, <laughs> I, I don't Katie have Ellis. my book with me. Yeah. And then she starts research, and, and you can tell something is wrong with Vivian, but you don't know what that is. And um, but then he kind of thinks maybe she can't have kids, so that's why. And the more he finds out about her being kind-hearted and everything, he doesn't want to do it. His he does not want to do any revenge stuff. Yes. And he notices that Dolly never asked about his dad. Dolly's never been to his house. 
And, and even when she could, she goes dancing with her friends. Yeah. And he's okay with that. And you're kind of like, well, that seems so shallow. Mm-hmm. You know, and I put the, uh, Jimmy thought about Vivian. The, uh, the quality he'd noticed is the way she listened to him and to his ailing dad. And what, where, and then I said, where Dolly was ashamed of Jimmy. And I don't, I guess she would be ashamed of where he lived and, and, and also his dad. I mean, she was just a, because he, or, he was, he was from, so the, they're all from different worlds and, um, all the because he's really poor um and i think uh dolly came from kind of a a medium background and then vivian she had a tragic uh whole tragic side of her story but end up with a a big inheritance so she's on the super wealthy so they're all from these different factions which was interesting how they all kind of interwoven inter were were interwoven together but dolly is just I, I really don't know why Jimmy liked Dolly. I think she's beautiful. Yeah, she is. And I she's, think that's it. By she's nature. the life of the party. She's fun. Um, but shallow. Very shallow. And you're like, well, uh, and I'm thinking, you think of Laurel, she's the, she's the daughter and she's finding all this out about her mom. And But her mom in, was is was not narcissistic. She's very, like, She's not like what she's finding out about Dolly. And no. but they're doing their research from the Dr. Rufus and he's saying, look, sometimes a tragic event can break that narcissistic streak or that narcissistic trait and um really change people, you know. And so she's going to libraries researching, her brothers researching, and her sisters know nothing about it. But and she goes, uh I mean, and she's she's thorough because she has like a she's supposed to be doing Macbeth and she's just kind of put her career on hold. And she's in her 50s in the present day, right? 50s ish or something. Yeah. 50s, 60s. Because her mom's in her 90s, I think. Yeah. At this point. I think it, well, it said 50 years later. So she would probably be, yeah, 56 then if okay. you did. Yeah. But anyway, whew. I mean, and you're going and you just get a little clue and then she goes and researches and then you get another clue and yeah. So what would you say is something that you learned from this book? The first part? Mm-hmm. Read till the end. <laughs> Read till the end. That's what I learned. Yeah. Would you recommend it? Would I recommend this book? Yes. Oh yeah. I, I gave it five stars and then plus because I mean, I love not being able to figure out a book. I really do. And because, you know, some books are just predictable. And this one was not predictable. So I definitely think this book would help people um, maybe give people grace. Things are not always as they seem. A lot of times you don't know what people are dealing with or have going on in their personal life. So, you know, I think giving I don't think you'll ever regret giving someone grace as you will regret making an assumption and like dolly made this assumption of why vivian was kind of uh dismissed her yes Mm -hmm. and so and that assumption cost people their lives you know revenge is never pretty Mm -mm. no when i when i hear about revenge i think of andy griffith because there's one time barney was upset and he said well it's time for (laughs) r-e-v-e-n-g and andy said revenge (laughs) 
you can spell revenge. So uh, yeah, it, it. But I thought it's it's never pretty. So is this no. time for the the spoiler alert? Well, I guess so. I guess we have reached the point. So I would I would stop here. I would suggest stopping here if you don't want to know the ending, and then maybe come back when you're done and uh, or shoot us a message if you have something to add. Uh, but okay, so. The fair warning continue on at your own risk <laughs> yeah okay. i thought i had it wrapped up and i'm i'm like one chapter away from the ending what you find out is that vivian the reason why she's being so secretive is because her husband is extremely violent and abusive and he's the head of the ministry of information and so she's very trapped in that marriage but it, it's weird because she doesn't mind being beaten because she sees that as punishment uh because she blames herself for her family because they years and years ago years and years ago she had gotten in trouble for fighting with a boy and was made to stay home and her parents went on a picnic and um they were coming back early and they went because she was at home and they went over a cliff and everyone in her family died so she blames herself and she sees this as penance or penance what do you call it uh punishment yeah. punishment yeah. for that and so um so that's why she goes she, there's periods where she stays at home and can't go to the hospital for the uh, orphan kids and her husband doesn't even know she does that and oh, he doesn't allow her to have friends yeah i put that down here he she's allowed no friends or children at first you think she can't have children no he doesn't allow her to have children now he has uh, like he had an ongoing affair with the maid he fires the maid when she walked in and she actually liked the maid. That was the only company she had. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's just, he's an evil, evil oh. man. And her uncle's the one that set her up with him. So yes. I don't know if her uncle was much better, but yeah, so sad. I mean, cause she married at 17 or 19, pretty young. She was yeah. set up with this guy and she didn't really need to. I mean, she had inherited a lot of money. But he's so, like, she doesn't really get to use the money like she wants. And then when she does make a, a sizable donation to the hospital, she's beaten for that. Yeah. And she knows that'll happen. That's why you really do love Vivian, because she loves Jimmy selflessly. Yes. She wants to help him, not for to gain his love, but she goes to warn Dorothy, I mean, Dolly, which is Dorothy, too. And, I mean, the whole thing is just... Uh, I mean, that is selfless love. That's what I said at the end. What did you learn from this book? I said, well, just what you already said. Things are not what they seem. Vivian was abused. And um, then you think she's the star. You think Dolly's the mom and she's the star. But you find out differently. So Dolly does take the picture. Dolly mm -hmm. takes the picture of Jimmy and Vivian. And she was going to blackmail. But in the midst because Vivian just loves Jimmy. She wrote out a check that was bigger than the blackmail and she gave it to him. And so Dolly's not going to do it, but that falls out on the floor at the place they were at a at. restaurant and, that and gets some, bombed on some good citizen, which <laughs> I'm putting that in the air quotes, uh, licks it. It wasn't even sealed. They lick it and seal it and think and go home thinking they've done a good deed for the day and mailed it. Yeah. I mean, so maybe that's a lesson too, you know, hey. Yeah, maybe maybe don't be the good citizen all the time because she got the worst beating. She Usually he always beats her where no one can see, but he does not hold back. And then he has Jimmy killed. 
Yes. And so, uh, and wow. but on the so Dolly, not very, you know, in this letter that accidentally did get mailed, but it had her address on it because she was going to send it anyway. So then Henry Jenkins, the brute, knows where she lives. And he's um, going to kill her too. He's going to kill Dolly. Yeah. Vivian said, You're in danger. And she goes to her, you know, and she's distraught because, you know, Jimmy's killed just for the sake that he was such a good guy. And she's trying to get Dolly out, and the blitz is going on, and all that. And in the midst of the blitz, completely, a bomb falls. And you think it's on Vivian because. Uh, everything that Laurel's been researching has said Vivian died in the Blitz in 1941. Everything. And, and it, like all in the Henry Jenkins memoirs and all that says he lost his wife in 1941, the Blitz. So you think that's that's it for Vivian. But there's the there's the 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 switcheroo was that the bomb fell on Dolly. And so and Vivian was cold. She's in this dark place. This bomb has been bombed out. She grabbed this fur coat that uh, uh, Dolly always wore, and she's mistaken for Dorothy because her face is all beat up. You know, it's hard to tell. And then Dolly smashed to smithereens. And then when she realizes she's been mistaken, she takes off her wedding ring, puts it on Dolly's hand, and then she disappears and leaves London and assumes Dolly's identity. Oh, here's my question for you, though. So, the man, Henry Jenkins, from you go back to the beginning, the guy that she killed and everything, um, did, did, did Henry Jenkins know that was Vivian? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, he knew that was not her that died. In, in the- I don't know if he knew that, but when he saw her, he knew. And he was going to kill every kid. I mean, it was going to be terrible. So, okay. then you understand she was protecting her babies. Yes. And she was, it wasn't about her because like you already said, she didn't care that she got beat up. Yes. But it was about her children. And I was so happy, I was so not happy, but you you all through the story, you're thinking, well, did Dorothy just settle because she loved Jimmy? So what is it? But Vivian really did love Stephen Nichols. That's who she ended up with. But I, I'm just like, um, and, and he knew the secret and he, it says that he was a good secret keeper. Apparently he was. Yeah. He's a good secret keeper. That that was the the clancher was I mean it was a plot twist for sure. But this, uh, but it, it explains so much because because you really don't like Dolly, but you like Dorothy, you know? And so it explains how she was such a good mom and all of that because it's not the same person. Yeah. It's so, Vivian. Yeah. So things are not They're always great as they seem but a very intriguing mystery uh the character i mean i'm just saying kate morton she really developed the characters so well um you feel like you know them you really do and then i love how she used different things letters journals uh, different things to kind of tie things together you know as laurel's doing her her search of all this you know their mom wants to come home and so they bring her home and then they're all there at the house. And what was it? What, was it green acres or something mm-hmm. like green? And then Laura, she finally gets to Laurel gets her to finally say, you know, tell everything. So uh, that's gotta be a relief to have, be able to share that, you know, closure. 
yes. at the end, you know, and I, I'm just like, wow. But you do learn a lot about the war in 1941 you're right she did her research because uh man and i i bet if you go and you see what was going on at the hospital they probably were acting a play that would acting out peter pan that would be fun for kids that were in a hospital i mean yeah. i thought that was genius you know well but, interestingly enough kate morton uh was born in south australia and that her she moved around a lot but her family did settle on tambourine mountain which is where vivian's family was so I think there's a piece of her in Vivian. And uh, and then she said she actually thought she was going to go to theater. She studied theater for a while and then but, and then decided to go ma- get a master's in English literature um, and kind of tell, you know, instead of performance, do more on the, the writing side of creativity and stuff. So I'm like, I feel like she's kind of Vivian and Laurel. She's, you know, she mm. put herself in both of those characters. Because I think I read in there that she this was like 10 years or 15 years, uh, and it was a screenplay, and it never went anywhere. And then she redid it as a book oh. or something. It, she didn't write it as a book, but she wrote it as a screenplay. So she yeah, she also wrote The, the Lake House, which I think that is a movie. I think I've so. seen that movie. Well done for you, picking it out of the blue. See, sometimes you just find a great book. Well, thank you. And it I I'm impressed. It it was one of those books that keeps you engaged the whole time. So the, you lost some sleep over it, but I did. Know, it's worth it. Me too. I did too. I couldn't I put like, it down. So just one more chapter. Just one more chapter. Then I'm gonna get to connect all these dots. But whoa, you get then you gotta go. You get more dots. Yes. Well, I think that's a wrap on Kate Morton's The Secret Keeper. If you're wanting a historical fiction mystery we highly recommend it and keep those book lights turning brain cells churning and pages turning and we we're just so glad you you stopped in today for a visit and we hope to see you or hear you on the next one (laughs) 